As I said, this is the second Sunday in Advent. Advent is the season of time when the church is called to prepare itself for the birth of Jesus, to celebrate and commemorate His birth. Advent means arrival or it means coming. And so we've said over the next three weeks now, four weeks total, we're going to be looking at the places that we should be preparing ourselves to receive Jesus. And the Bible shows us three different places, right? Last week we talked about His first coming, His birth, His life and ministry here on earth. We're going to finish the series, spoiler alert, in two weeks looking at His second coming. But today, we're going to be talking about preparing ourselves to receive the presence of Jesus in everyday life. So let's listen as we read from Galatians chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. The Apostle Paul writes, "...we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners." Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if, in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me as I pray for us this morning. Oh God, we come to you in a season that is festive and full of merriment, uh, and it's easy for us to actually miss you in the middle of it all. It's easy for us to be inward focused or worldly focused. And so we ask that you would send your spirit to us this morning. Help us to sense your presence. Help us to be changed by your presence. I pray that as we hear your word proclaimed this morning, that it would be the words of new life to us. Pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Christmas Vacation is my all-time favorite Christmas movie. One of the best. And if you haven't seen it, uh, fair warning, there is some colorful language in it and a few fast-forward worthy parts for the young ones. But it's the story of Clark Griswold trying to to have the perfect Christmas, the perfect Christmas tree, the perfect Christmas light display on his house, the perfect group of people to share it with, and the perfect surprise Christmas gift, an in-ground swimming pool, right? That's all he wants, right? He wants to have his family with him, his wife, his kids, his parents, his in-laws, if they have to be there. Those are his people. He wants to feel that sense of belonging with them around the holidays. He wants them to enjoy it. He wants them to be happy to have a great Christmas. He wants their approval. He wants to hear them say, good job. And of course, he wants to have a good time, have a good meal, enjoy the presents, uh, just have as much comfort as possible around the holidays. Approval, belonging, and comfort, or as he puts it, the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby danced with Danny Kay. Of course, nothing goes right. The tree is three feet too tall for the ceiling, and it's full of, it's a home to a squirrel. 
none of his family can get along, and the uninvited cousin Eddie unfortunately shows up. His Christmas bonus isn't the down payment for the swimming pool. Instead, it's a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. But I get where he's coming from. I want that same Christmas that he does. Maybe not in Chicago with the snow and all the craziness, but I want to experience the approval, the belonging, and comfort that is available at Christmas time. I think we can all identify with a warm, cozy Christmas, the sense of comfort and belonging. I think we all long for that. Now, I know that Christmas, uh, this Christmas season and Christmas can be hard for some of you. It can be hard because of family history, because of broken relationships. I know that it can be hard because of the loss of a loved one. But I think the reason that those things make Christmas hard is because that's not how you want Christmas to be. You know deep inside that's not what it is supposed to be, right? This time of year, all humans, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, we have this deep sense that this time of year is different. It should be different. It should be peaceful. We should be filled with a little bit more joy. We should be a little kinder to one another, right? We should all be a little more hopeful. Christmas time, or if you call it the holidays, it confirms to us that approval, belonging, and comfort are real. They're possible, right? Maybe we talk about it as positivity, peace on earth, goodwill, cheer, merriment, whatever it is, this time of year makes them seem closer, palpable, almost within our grasp. Where does that universal sense come from? Why do we all feel that way? Better yet, why do we only feel that way at this time of year? And why is it that when we try to feel that way at other times of the year, our attempts fail, like Clark's attempts at the perfect Christmas? The Bible tells us that this time of year feels different because it's all about Jesus, whether we know it or not. Jesus makes Christmas. But you can't just go find him or earn him. Jesus lives in you. Three points for us this morning, starting with the truth that Jesus makes Christmas. It's Jesus that makes Christmas Christmas, right? Approval, belonging, and comfort is what we're looking for at this time of year. And it starts early on, right? Approval. Was I a good boy this year or not? It starts early, right? It continues into our adulthood, though. Was I a good employee? Am I going to get my Christmas bonus? When I see my family for the first time in six or eight months, are they going to say, hi, you look great. Look what you've done with the place. I love it. Are we going to be approved of, right? The same with belonging. We want to have a communal Christmas experience. We want to find our people, whether they're family or friends. We want to share in this time of year. And of course, we want comfort right around now. Good food, good times, good presents, and a good nap. That's what we're looking for this time of year. That's our justification for our hopes and our dreams, our hard work, and that's the justification for being disappointed if we don't have a good Christmas, right? This is true of most of us. Before all the shenanigans begin in Christmas vacation, Clark's wife looks at him and says, are you sure you want to do this? Why would we go through all of this stress? 
And he looks at her and says, Ellen, because my whole life, I've always wanted a big, old-fashioned family Christmas in my home. It's his justification for doing all of this, the approval, the belonging, and the comfort. They are seated deeply within each of our hearts. We long for those things, and there's a reason that we feel closer to them at Christmas time. Paul says here, it's because of Jesus, right? Let me show you what I mean. Verse 16, he says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ. He repeats himself for emphasis here, right? And he uses this word justified, justified. We are justified, And it has legal, relational, and personal components to it, right? The legal component of justified is a positive standing before the judge, right? Justified means we've been cleared. We've been absolved of wrongdoing. We've been proven right and innocent and by a legal authority approved of. The relational component, though, means that because we have this legal standing, we've also been brought back into a relationship we had lost. There was some uh, separation because of our offense, and in justification, we are returned into the community we had lost, specifically back into our relationship with God. We now belong with Him, right? And the personal component because we are no longer sentenced as guilty, because we are now back with whom we belong, we are confirmed in our existence. We are comforted. That's the context of this word justified. Paul says, approval, belonging, and comfort, they're yours through faith in Jesus Christ. Period. Through faith in Jesus Christ, specifically in His life, death, and resurrection. What Paul is saying here is approval, belonging, and comfort come from the fact that Jesus perfectly obeyed the law in every aspect of His life. But instead of being rewarded, He was condemned and He was crucified on a cross. And instead of staying dead, He rose from the grave, truly alive. That is where our justification comes from, and that's why Christmas feels different. Another Christmas movie reference really quick, Charlie Brown. Well, it's a special, not a movie, I understand, but you get it. He spends the whole time, Charlie Brown does, moping around, trying to figure out what the meaning of Christmas is. And at the high point of the Christmas special, the lights in the auditorium go down, the spotlight shines on Linus, and he says, and there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. He finishes Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14, and then he says, that's what Christmas is about, Charlie Brown. Yes, and more. There's more to it, right? Yes, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus at Christmas time, but the birth of Jesus happened so that he could die, period. He was born so that he would die for us. That is what secures the approval, the belonging, and comfort we all long for, that we feel close to at Christmas time. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection make Christmas Christmas. 
Whether you know it or not, you feel it. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. We are justified. Our approval, our belonging, and comfort come through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And here's the thing. As soon as I know that approval, belonging, and comfort are available, I'm going to figure out a way to find them, right? We all are. That's how our hearts work. We're going to scheme. Whether it's with Jesus or without Jesus, I'm going to get that approval, belonging, or comfort. But this passage tells us you can't earn Him and you can't find Him, right? Our second point, you can't earn Him, you can't find Him. And that's a devastating blow to us. We want to figure out our lives for ourselves. We want to be uh, the arbiters of our own happiness, our own approval, our own belonging. You get the deal, right? A, B, C. I I hope we've seen this. Approval, belonging, and comfort, right? This uh, passage from the Apostle Paul comes after he tells a story about his friend, the Apostle Peter, right? It seems that they ran into a little bit of a conflict. It happened in the city of Antioch. The Apostle Peter was there ministering among the Gentiles, proclaiming the gospel to those who were not part of the Jewish lineage. He was having great ministry success until some of his fellow Christians from Jerusalem came. They were part of a group called the Circumcision Party, right? These were Jews who had become Christians, and they believed once you receive Jesus and His death and resurrection for you, The way that you continue in Jesus is by following all the Jewish laws about food purity, about circumcision, all that kind of stuff. They just shortened it all down to the circumcision party. Now, these men thought the approval, belonging, and comfort we got through Jesus, we have to keep on our own, by our own efforts. And so when they showed up in Antioch, Peter got a little nervous Peter, instead of eating with the Gentiles, as he had for a long time, withdrew, and he only ate food with Jews and Jewish Christians. He alienated the Greek Christians that he had been ministering to. Now, that might not sound like anything more than a middle school lunchroom squabble, but this was a big deal. It was such a big deal that even Barnabas, a man who Peter and James and John had commissioned to preach the gospel specifically to the Gentiles alongside Paul. Barnabas saw what Peter was doing, and he himself withdrew. He himself began to believe, it's wrong for me to eat with the Gentiles. He himself began to believe, if I want to maintain the approval, belonging, and comfort that Jesus bought for me, I can't do anything wrong. I have to protect it. I have to obey. We do the same thing. We believe that approval, belonging, and comfort comes from our own abilities, right? It would be like us celebrating Christmas and then believing, I can keep this feeling around all year. All I need to do is continue on in the same rules and rituals that I've had throughout the Advent season. I must go to church every week. I must sing about Jesus every day. I must do Advent devotionals every night. And then the peaceful contentment of the Christmas season will last forever, right? We are prone to believe that the schedule protects and preserves the spirit that we enjoy. It's all about law. If I establish some good laws in my life, I keep the goodness that Jesus got me. 
Or perhaps it's the flip side of the coin, right? Let's try to keep Christmas around all year by having a Christmas party every week for the entire year. It's like trying to enjoy Christmas all year round by only drinking eggnog all the time. Just living it up, right? Finding the jovial festive spirit by indulging in the things of this world, right? This time of year is a a time of indulgence, isn't it? These are the two paths that our hearts often take. We try to achieve approval, belonging, and comfort through our law-keeping or through our freedom and ability to engage with the world. Now, here's the trick. We do that before we find Jesus, and we do that after we find Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, it's no secret that your heart is prone to try to figure out how to maintain the blessing of God by working hard, by doing the right thing, or by living it up, having a great license-filled life. This is how we live. This is what our hearts tell us we have to do. But Paul's response to Peter's actions are exactly what we need to hear. He starts by saying, we are not Gentile sinners. In other words, we know that we can't just achieve approval, belonging, and comfort apart from God, right? The Jews believed that Gentiles were separated from God, completely outside of God's favor. And what Paul is saying here is, we know that you can't get it outside of God's favor. Justification, approval, belonging, and comfort, you have to be connected to God to get it. You can't go find it out there, away from God. You can't sin your way to approval, belonging, and comfort. But he also says, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, right? Which means it's not following God's law perfectly that gets you the approval, belonging, and comfort. What he says is the only way that you can have those three things are if you have faith that Jesus gave himself for you. You can't earn it. You can't find it. And if you are in Jesus, you can't earn him And you can't go find Him elsewhere. You can't earn Jesus with your law-keeping, and you can't find Jesus with your law-breaking. Because, Paul says, Jesus is in us. Jesus in us. This is one of the most amazing passages in Scripture. Verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen. We often talk about having a relationship with Jesus. If you're a Christian, we say, yes, I have a a relationship with Jesus. But what Paul is talking about here far surpasses our idea of relationship. It's not that we know who Jesus is and we talk to Him on occasion. It's not that I have the rest of my life over here, and then on Sundays and Wednesdays when I go to community group, I have my Jesus part of my life. Paul says, I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. He's not talking about a changed life 
or a life that's like kind of on its way to being more like Jesus. He's talking about a whole new life, a Jesus life, Jesus living in me. And everything I do is conditioned on Jesus's life in me, Him living in me, right? And this is the strange beauty of the Advent season, right? It's a season of preparation, a season of longing, but also a time where we celebrate the birth of Jesus while He is with us, right? I don't know if you've ever had the experience of watching a wedding video with a couple who has been married for a long time, or maybe you've watched your own wedding video after you've been married for a long time. You are filled with the same sense of emotion as you were on that day, but now you've had 15 years of life together, right? It's this weird juxtaposition, and the same thing is true for us if you are in Jesus. We celebrate His coming while He's still with us, in us. Do you know what ferrofluid is? Ferrofluid is a substance. It's usually a black liquid that's filled with insoluble magnetic nanoparticles. I looked it up. I promise I didn't know how to say that before. But if you pour some ferrofluid into a cup, like a clear plastic Dixie cup, it just looks like a cup of squid ink, right? Or perhaps over-roasted coffee. Nothing abnormal, nothing special, just black liquid. But if you move that cup near a magnet or a magnetic field, the particles in the liquid react, and they begin to form these crazy porcupine-like spikes out of the fluid, almost solid spikes. This black liquid becomes rigid, almost solid, at the drop of a hat because of the invisible magnetic field. It's amazing. It's almost like the liquid is alive. If you are not a follower of Jesus, then Advent and Christmas points out to you that there is one hope for approval, belonging, and comfort, and that hope is in Jesus. If you are looking for Him, you will find Him at this time of year in the manger. But if you have found Jesus at the cross, if you are a follower of Jesus, this time of year feels different to you because the new life that is in you is being energized brought to life, brought to the surface, you are being made more alive, more like Jesus. If you are a, if you, <laughs> excuse me, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are sensing something in Advent and Christmas that is deeply true of who you are, of who Jesus is in you. There's this song that I really love, right? I love songs that tell stories, right? And the song titled Snow White by Ryan Long is one of those stories. Now, it's not like a musically amazing song. It's not like an orchestra. It's just one guy with a guitar singing, but he's singing a story, and the story he tells is very deep. It's sung from the perspective of a father at Disney with his small daughter. They're standing in line waiting for the parade to come by, and she is so impatient, wondering when Snow White is going to show up. That's who she wants to see. She asks her dad to put, him on, uh, put her on his shoulders. She says, pick me up so I can see when she's coming, when she's going to come by. She starts singing, I can't wait 
for Snow White to come by. She's dancing around, pretending that she's part of the parade, and he just watches her. And at the end of the song, he says this, there was something dead in me, but she woke me from my sleep, and I can't remember when I ever sang so sweet. We were singing, and then he joins her in singing, I cannot wait for Snow White to come by. This day must be the very best day of my life. May the Spirit of God use this Advent, this Christmas time, to bring to life that which is dead in us, to turn the volume up on the song of approval, belonging, and comfort that Jesus is singing in us to us. Let's pray. Oh God, we come to you in the midst of these words and we hear them and we know them and we believe them, but it's so hard for us to remember to believe them. It's easy for us to believe that we have to keep you happy, that we have to keep this Christmas feeling going by our law keeping. And if we can't, then we go find it somewhere else. Oh God, I pray that you would hold us fast that you would fill us with the words of Jesus, with the life of Jesus, so that we could sense Him with us every day. I pray that you would help us know this new life we have in Him. We pray all of this in His mighty name. Amen.